right now, I mean, I'll just tell you, Tim, it's been a, quite a remarkable week. The first week we've gotten uh, back in session after about uh, five or six weeks being in the district. And it's just amazing. The first week back, the Democrats have focused on two things, and one is to uh, impeach the president, and the other is to restrict our freedoms, specifically as it relates to the Second Amendment. And when you talk about some of these red flag laws uh, and some of the other things, look, there's no question all of us want to deal with the issues of uh, mass crimes and murders and so forth that are taking place in the country. Uh, that is a, a unified thing. Everyone wants to deal with that. But the, the method that the Democrats are pushing forward to address the problem will absolutely do nothing to address the problem, but only restrict the rights of law-abiding citizens and their ability to exercise uh, the Second Amendment and have uh, keep and bear arms. So it's very concerning uh, the direction they're going with this. It, it will do nothing to address the problem, and that's my big concern. Right, here's my understanding, and it may be incomplete or it may be flawed, but my understanding of the red flag law is this. You can, for almost any reason or no reason at all, you can call the authorities here in Athens. That guy, Tim, that guy, Tim, really concerns me. I'm worried he may be a little mentally unstable. You may want to check him out. Next thing I know, I got cops at my door asking for my guns. Have I just defined a red flag law? Tim, you've described it, at least the red flag laws that are being proposed up here in Washington, D.C. There are multiple variations of red flag laws. Uh, many states already have their own red flag laws. But, yes, what you just described is uh, what's being proposed here in Washington, D.C. And, and what uh, alarms me is a person could come against you, as you use your example, just to be vindictive. Uh, they could just say they may not like you, so they just call up and say, listen, I, I think Tim's dangerous and I think you need to go get his guns. And then from that report to the law enforcement, without your knowledge, they can come, just like you said, and, and confiscate your guns, and you have no due process. You're not even uh, – would be uh, in the court when they make the decision. I mean, it is a frightening thing. Uh, and again, it would not deal with the problems so, uh, of, of the mass shootings. So this is uh, what you described is, in fact, what is extremely alarming about the red flag laws. And we just cannot uh, open the door for people's Second Amendment rights to be violated without even due process. And uh, so it's, it's extremely alarming and absolutely uh, we cannot let this type of thing proceed forward. All right, Congressman Jody Heiss with us again, 10th District Republican, represents most of Athens in the U.S. House. You mentioned impeachment. My understanding, and I think they've started already, I was watching just a moment ago, the House Judiciary Committee, uh, Jerry Nadler, and your colleague, uh, Doug Collins, Republican from Gainesville, also represents a portion of Athens in the House, and the ranking Republican on that Judiciary Committee are seeing that, uh, that, that the Democrats uh, with Nadler's leadership are going to, as I understand it, lay out the parameters, define the parameters of any impeachment proceedings. They're not voting to start impeachment. This is not that. They may not ever even get there. Is this just a political statement, a political maneuver more than anything else? It is a, it is a political show. It's a continued circus. Of course, we all know there's nothing to impeach the president over. There's been no collusion with Russia. There's been none of this stuff, but it's just a continual dripping that the Democrats are trying to create uh, in an attempt to hurt the president in the upcoming election is is the bottom line of what's going on here. This is a non-impeachment impeachment, impeachment uh, trial that they are trying to move forward on, and I believe the Democrats are very much fractured by this. Their own leadership, uh, Pelosi and, and Steny Hoyer as well, 
are backing up as fast as they can. At the same time, you have the squad and others who are pushing forward on impeachment, Nadler and some others. And so you've got this whole attempt taking place in judiciary this morning to try to proceed with a non-impeachment, impeachment kind of thing, whatever it's going to look like. But this is uh, it is all political theater, and uh, it's it's all intended just to uh, move forward their agenda, which is to hurt the president. You know, I've said this a couple of times here, and my, my theory is this, and I think it runs counter to a lot of conventional wisdom. There are people who think and have said that, well, okay, the solution here is to get President Trump reelected, and that'll be the end of all this impeachment talk. My thinking is that if Donald Trump is reelected next year, it's a starting gun for more impeachment talk. Oh, I totally agree with this. I don't think ever uh, they will stop going after the president, uh, nor will the national media. I mean, they are the, the hatred for this president is deep. It's intense, and uh, they are not going to stop. But I will say this, too. At the same time, it is that hatred and resentment for the president that has uh, really prevented them from succeeding in doing anything meaningful for our country. There's absolutely been nothing of any major consequence that is past the finish line legislatively that's good for our, our country, be it economically or in our national defense or defending the borders or dealing with health care or any of these things that are really on the forefront of people's minds and lives, nothing is being brought to the table. It's all about trying to harm the president. And I agree with you. I don't think that's going away. Uh, one thing that might help it go away would be Republicans winning the House, uh, regaining control of the House, would at least stop it on that level. I don't know what those prospects are. We'll all find out together. Meantime, uh, Congressman Jody Heiss here. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court ruling allows enforcement of a new Trump administration policy. This is a win for the White House. Would would block asylum for most of these migrants who are coming across the southern border. Yes, it's a great win for the president, but, but more than that, Tim, this is a great win for our country. Listen, when people are trying to flee their country of origin because of persecution, be it political or religious or whatever the reasons for which they are being persecuted in their own country, it really doesn't matter where those individuals go to find a safe haven. They just want to get out of their country and find safety. So it only makes sense that as they are fleeing their country of origin, the first country that they come to that will accept their asylum claim, they need to find safety in that country. Uh, it only makes sense. The Supreme Court uh, made the right decision. It is, as you said, a great win for the president, but it is a great win for our country because the, the vast majority of people who are currently coming into the United States are coming under asylum claims. And, of course, as we all know, uh, the vast majority of those claims in the ballpark of 90 percent are false asylum claims. Uh, and yet uh, we're so bottlenecked with those uh, claims. It's like four to five years before they have an asylum court date. So they're left in our country to flee, to roam about for four or five years before they even have a court date. And, of course, most of the time we can't find them when that date comes. So this this decision says if you have an asylum claim, you claim it in the first country that will accept your claim or listen to that asylum claim. It's a right decision, a great decision for all of us. I'm trying to think of a way to ask this, and I'm, I'm 
coming up empty, so I'll just ask it bluntly. Uh, uh, Congressman Jody Heinz, let you go on this one, 856 Classic today. Uh, your colleague, uh, your congressional colleague, Doug Collins, has already raised his hand, or, or so the reports say, for the Johnny Isaacson Senate seat, looking for the governor's appointment. But we don't know who the governor is going to appoint. We don't know when the governor is appointing uh, the replacement there. Is that anything that would in any way, shape, or form interest you? Well, you know, I mean, the the big thing, Tim, obviously uh, anyone would be deeply honored if they get a tap on the uh, shoulder from the governor to to consider uh, replacing Senator Isaacson. But listen, uh, he, Senator Isaacson has been a, a just a tremendous leader in our state, a public servant for over 40 years. And I think this is a time that we express uh, appropriate gratitude to him. And at the same time, you know, the governor has a huge responsibility to replace him, and I am totally confident that he will do an outstanding job in choosing the individual that he believes is best suited to represent our state and our country in the uh, U.S. Senate. And uh, so I'm, I'm leaving it there with the governor. He's got a huge task. He's got uh, lots of people that I'm sure he's going to be looking at and considering and uh, he'll make a great choice, and I'm very confident of that. 